You're listening to the Evolution Exchange Podcast Australia, a melting pot of ideas and inspiration shared by some of the most successful tech leaders in Sydney. I'm Danny, and I help connect businesses with top tech talent. And today, I'm your host. Okay, welcome back to another episode of the Evolution Exchange Podcast. Um, First of all, I'd like to say a massive thank you to everyone for joining me today, discussing balancing legacy systems and technological advancements. got a fantastic panel so we're going to be joined by cam alan and way um and i'd like to kick off the podcast by asking who you are what you do and what you're passionate about i'm happy to to go first so i'm danny i'm part of evolution's team of recruitment consultants i personally specialize in recruiting contract devops and cloud engineers in sydney um, i'm super passionate about helping teams scale up and grow during those big scale digital transformation projects um cam do you want to kick things off for us yeah for sure So uh, I'm Cam, I'm the CTO at Equolution. We're a science-based nutrition company. Um, Our main goal is, you know, uh, educating people around nutrition um, while allowing them to eat flexibly and, you know, easily. So we've got um, a platform and some systems to really allow uh, you to, to come in. We organize meal plans for you. Um, kind of give you uh, macronutrients scaling for for your weekly intakes, um, and yeah, I, I think it's it's a really good kind of visionary or vision for us to be educating people around um, nutrition, not just kind of dieting. Uh, I'm super passionate about uh, running and and exercise, software engineering, and and people. Brilliant, thanks for that, mate. Wade, do you want to go next for us, mate? Thanks. Hello, everyone. My name is Wei. I work in Web3 and the cryptocurrency industry as a lead software developer. My current position is with uh, Immutable, uh, which we uh, make video games based on Web3 technology and the trading platform. By the way, we are hiring, so please check out our career page. And we, uh, I myself have been very passionate in blockchain for, for quite a few years. And uh, before starting at uh, Immutable, I worked uh, at uh, Digital Asset, uh, which uh, in a in a in a collaboration a collaborative project with ASX to build an enterprise grade blockchain. And before that, I researched in blockchain for security purposes at Canva, and where I was part of a security team and responsible for lots of just development in that regard. And uh, but um, my uh, my my my. My, my previous journey or my, my, my previous uh, career started in the movie business where I, where I worked as a technical director uh, and I worked in uh, White Hat Digital uh, in New Zealand on, on some uh, blockbuster film. And yeah, so good to, to, to be here and talk about um, my experience in maintaining legacy system. <laughs> so good. Fantastic, thank you. Alan, over to you. Yeah, thanks, Danny. Um, Happy to be here today, um, also amongst a great company. Um, uh, personally, I'm, I'm new to Australia. We are um, currently a CTO at Armatech Global, and Armatech Global is an early startup. Uh, we, um, we're, we have uh, three arms to the company, or three pillars, I should say, and that's uh, technology, and uh, we're looking at some strategic partnerships and IT consulting. Uh, as well as, um, you know, I have a, a lot of experience with um, legacy systems. I've been, I have a good mix over the years of being a consultant 
and full-time employee in various um, various industries, uh, healthcare, defense, and professional services, uh, to name a few. Um, so the uh, three the three pillars: is technology, um, IT consulting, physical security. Um, for example, the um, <clears throat> excuse me, providing uh, security for uh, large events and um, education, which is training uh, to improve the overall quality of, um, um, I guess, you know, for lack of a better description, the industry and, uh, you know, the, the caliber and the quality of um, at least um, what we can offer and, and how we can improve that. Uh, we're looking at uh, ramping up our engineering efforts, and I will be leading all aspects of uh, that in the, in the company. And um, in social, we're looking at uh, everything we do is based on uh, uh, positive uh, social impact. For example, um, as many companies are today, or they should be uh, looking at M uh, machine learning, and, uh, AI, AI specifically following ethical principles. It's a good example because uh, we're following ethical principles where there may not be any laws. Uh, so that um, we're uh, very much, um, you know, that is definitely one of our, our core values and uh, something that we strongly believe in. And um, yeah, I think that, that summarizes it for me. Thank you. Amazing, great stuff. Thanks for that. Um, all right, so on to the first question of the session. Um, so this is, how have you found the balance of keeping enthusiastic talent when sometimes the tools aren't that exciting? And have you given in to resume-driven development? Who wants to kick this one off? Maybe tell I us what's resume-driven development to educate yeah, the, the new here. Also, I okay. wanted to... <laughs> <laughs> so I think what he meant by that was, um, you know, putting new technologies in place for people just to kind of CV build um, and just to kind of attract that talent by putting the new tools in place as opposed to what's actually necessary for, for the project. I see. Yes, uh, you know, that's that's interesting. Uh, I, I guess I can start that off because uh, typically um, we've all been through many job interviews and a lot of times uh, you can really think, wow, I'm, I'm definitely I, I'm definitely for this um, for this job. They're definitely going to hire me and you don't get hired. And one of the reasons for that, maybe this the technology uh, driven development is that the one thing that you don't have qualifications for is really what the company is looking for. So uh, I think for from a company's uh, perspective, it's always good to kind of qualify that. It's like, well, hey, I need somebody just for this because this technology and AI is good and that's all they will be doing, okay? Who's doing this every day, they live, sleep, eat and breathe this stuff. That's what I'm looking for. And I believe, you know, um, I believe that's what um, you're referring to, Danny, is a technology-driven uh, development. Um, so I think it's uh, kind of uh, good for companies to put that out there. All I need you to know is this. Uh, at least that's the way I think, because a lot of times I've been through, um, I, I've certainly been through the um, you know, long interview process. And at the end, oh, okay, well, we're, we were actually looking for someone with XYZ experience. Now we see that you don't have that. Okay. <laughs> um, it's kind of nice to know that stuff up front, but um, 
yeah, uh, it, it's it makes sense uh, for 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 that in the context in which uh, you presented it, Danny. I almost I feel like the equation kind of uh, like people quantify this job uh, or the technical requirement in the equation where the candidates on the left hand side and uh, the, the ABC XYZ is on the right hand side. And if 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 you say I'm a candidate, I I, I, I fall into this this criteria. Yeah, yeah I, I got the job, but I don't have to be a really qualified engineer to get a job. I just need to know the XYZ to to be able to get a job, which is unfair for the other people who are really qualified. I, that's kind of my take on, on that. Yeah, I'm, I'm really trying to think to that, that first part of the question, you know, um, managing the talent versus tools that aren't necessarily exciting. I think it's so dependent on the organization as well. Like, you know, I've often been in startups and smaller organizations where I think sometimes you have to give into um, getting that talent on board um, versus actually balancing technology as well. If, if, if the market is, um, you know, a pot around a particular um, technology and you're not uh, necessarily using that, then to get people on board, you may have to um, forgo uh, balance and, and lead towards more resume-driven de development as well. I think, um, yeah, that's that's uh, great, uh, Jan. I also, um, to continue on that thought, uh, one of the things that um, uh, we often overlook, and well, I'll just say on average, it's it's uh, overlooked is the value of um, uh, research, some research on what you know. We all we all hear about you know. There's a lot of companies that present best practices, and that's great. Um, and it all looks good on paper. And I, I don't think a lot of companies actually get to do that. The reason being is uh, you know they have to and. I'm going to get more uh, into this point later on, but the, the reason being is because they just have to do what we need to do now and get it done. It could be bugs. It could be um, a lot of things, customer requirements. But um, I think it's really important to to look, um, have a little bit of um, time reserved to um, look at those tools, see how those, how, um, you know, the current talent can uh, do some research and uh, kind of get excited about, um, you know, implementing, changing what may have been, what is legacy and changing that into something um, that follows a best practice. Totally, kind of keeping, uh, like, like, like keeping this keen eye in the tech and also being able to translate the tech into something concrete, something that we can use to transform the legacy system to something like a peeling system. Is that kind of like a good understanding of, of, of your summary? Yeah, sure, that, that's it right there, Way uh, perfect. Amazing, I think it takes us on to the next question, which has um, been proposed by Alan. So in transitioning from a legacy system to a modern platform, how do we present the transition in a positive way when there might be both customer and employee apprehension on changing the systems when everyone's happy with the way things are in, in inverted commas? Alan, do you want to kind of give a bit of context towards that? 
Yeah, sure. And I that was one of the first things I thought of, because as soon as you mentioned and I've been through this, this is speaking from experience. This is one of many things, but this is one of the top. And it's not uh, so much with the technology, but it is with the, the psychology of the of the change to the new technology. Um, and maybe today it depends on depends on the audience. But if you do have a legacy system, you have a lot of customers that have been on board for quite a number of years. I think that's one of the reasons why the, the system and we could maybe later define legacy a little better, but um, we'll keep it at that for now. But um, that's one of the reasons why it's called legacy, because you have customers that you've been with for a number of years because you have employees that are used to what are doing things a certain way. And I've been I've been through those. I've, I've been I built uh, systems that have turned into legacy and OK, wow, now uh, there's for whatever reason, um, it could be a why because, well, we need to change to new technology uh, and it's always good to have a good reason and a well thought plan in doing that. But sometimes it's just because our system is old. <laughs> OK, fine, we'll do that. Um, but uh, what I what I like to do is I, I kind of like to be that person who was like, empathetic towards um, the users. OK, I understand you love what you're doing now, but hey, guess what? You know, I really like to get the the audience excited about uh, and let them know this is going to be, uh, you know, a lot more informative. You know, those errors where the whole system, you know, those times when the whole system is down <laughs> and then you have customers calling you up um, very angry. That's not going to happen. We are applying these techniques that will avoid that situation. So that goes away. And just to help them give, uh, coax them along and give them the understanding that it not just say it's better, but here's why and here's how it addresses your issues. I think that's a, a good approach at a high level. Um, and I've, I've been through that. I mean, so I think it's really, really important because there's a lot of often uh, apprehensions on both sides. Uh, customers and uh, internal employees. 100%. I think you know, my kind of dealings with it in predominantly SaaS organizations with you know larger memberships base is painting the technology with the same brush as you would paint product. You know, it's not we're not just doing new things for the sake of doing new things. It's you know exactly the same way you'd. you'd put success metrics to new features and functionality, you're doing the same thing with your technology. You know, it's improving our, you know, our timings, it's it's improving or bring down emergency issues, those kind of things. So yeah, not 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 really being that technology and product um, divide. Do you inter like how how would you communicate, uh, like present this kind of change idea or like you know, kind of refactoring idea to your customer. Do you just talk to them on, on Discord or have this kind of regular uh, events where you would, you would announce such large uh, movements? I think it's for both of you, Cam and Helen. <laughs> yeah, sure. You know, I, I think um, definitely addressing those pain points um, and hopefully they're not to the point where those pain points aren't um, and they probably aren't to the point where I'll believe it when I see it. Um, you know, there are a lot of situations. There are companies who um, get into, you know, um, what will the, what, what we're calling legacy because 
um, they have to rush things, and then and then that causes a lot of problems um, later on. But addressing those pain points is definitely one of them. Um, saying, okay, we gotcha. we have taken that into consideration, and here's how it's going to change. And and if you can provide um, some prototypes for them, uh, work with the customer. It's really important. I am big on customer support because I've been. Um, in situations where, uh, and we've all experienced them, the support. Sometimes a phone call um, uh, with uh, a phone call can resolve things uh, very quickly. And quickly all is five minutes with someone to say, hey, this is it, instead yes. of, you know, a long process. I think it's really important for customers. Um, I think for me, Again, being more you know direct to to, to customer, it's, it's I'm not sure if I always would necessarily um, communicate some of these technology changes to a broader membership base, or if there was you know some some kind of um, yeah you know, a public facing roadmap that that's that's how I'd be doing it. Otherwise, it's it's really ad hoc. I'd I'd think. Yeah. Yeah. See. Amazing. And on to. The next point, which is actually brought forward by Wei um, in regards to legacy code base and systems. Um, so do you think legacy systems exist because of the programming language, you know, including those libraries and some of the frameworks? And is there or are there any languages that could help the team design long lasting systems? Do you want to give us a bit more of an insight as, as to what you meant by that? Sure. I think it's a bit of a um, it's a bit of a misnomer question because uh, we know the answer, which is no. It has nothing to do with programming language. Any programming language could produce legacy system, depending on how you use it. But I think is is kind of a question that's still relevant these days, because as you know, as technic technology leaders in the industry, we need to tell our our fellow developers and product managers that our choice of programming technology is gonna lead us to long-lasting system. And how are we gonna convince them that our choice is correct? I always find like convincing um, two types of uh, of colleagues very difficult. One is PM, another is the uh, uh, like like testing engineer who who always kind of a testing but strive to find bugs in our system, who always believe the system is broken or yeah, good to hear your your thoughts on this. Oh, wait, I think that was um, your first comment about the the code base itself um, doesn't necessarily produce the legacy. I was thinking exactly the same thing. Um, not so much that could be, but typically on average that would really, really low on the uh, any uh, impact yep. scale. Uh, yep. Totally agree with that. Um, some of the things that uh, in, when we're talking about libraries and frameworks, um, some of the libraries, especially if you want to think classic libraries, then a lot of the support, depending on if you're using how much third party you're using, which could really, really be an issue because once the support goes out for those or it no longer exists, now you have to kind of find a way to replace that. Um, yeah, dealing with a lot of different um, libraries could can be difficult. Uh, frameworks, yeah, sure. Um, let's let's talk. You know, I know uh, 
you know, I'll just maybe make a reference to one, if you want to call it framework, uh, WebForms, which is a yeah. Yeah. HP um, Microsoft technology. And I love, you know, Microsoft. Microsoft has been with me. You know, I've worked on um, IBM. I mean, that's mm -hmm. where I started off IBM mid-range, I-Series, AS400. But I've always supplemented that along the way with, um, with um, you know, Microsoft technologies, especially earlier on with uh, Office and continued mm. that along the way. Um, yeah. But uh, the those types of uh, frameworks especially can uh, introduce, if anything else, if nothing else, um, security flaws. So, yes. Uh, yeah, so that's really what you kind of, you kind of have to look look for, you know, just the more so the architecture and those frameworks and what are those vulnerabilities within, um, especially if you haven't upgraded in a while. Mm. Yeah, totally. And DevOps is not a bigger kind of aspect. Uh, if we have too many third-party dependencies, we our deployments, uh, our testing workflow our kind of the entire development cycle going to be going to be negatively impact and sometimes this negative impact could become the kind of the triggering or the driving force that turned the system into something legacy yeah totally yeah i'm still really interested and i know it's the next question but just to hear how people think of legacy versus you know, just having technical debt in a in a system. So this yes, is, good uh, question. Yeah, yeah, this is Cameron's question. This is one that I, I saw and I'm like, I can't wait to, uh, you know, talk about this. One. <laughs> <laughs> this Go for it. Cool. Yeah, um, you know, le for me, uh, legacy, you, you can watch legacy in action, okay? And how is that? How? What do I mean by that? Legacy in action is accumulating lots of technical debt. Mm -hmm. So, technical debt is uh, a legacy waiting to happen. And what I mean by legacy, uh, often we look at legacy systems as something that, wow, we have reached our limit. We can't do anything else with this. It's old, but. Um, Mm, is it maybe unusable? Um, so what do, what do we really, how do we really define legacy? But as soon as I saw this, I'm thinking, wow, technical debt is definitely legacy waiting to happen. You don't want to go that way. And, and the reason why that often happens, I mentioned this before, is because when is this needed? Yesterday. Okay. And there's, and it's rushed and there's no thought. You accumulate that, that technical debt. And that's how business works sometimes very very um it's great to start off with uh, a mindset when, when you're new you can start off with that mindset it's like okay here's what scalability means and here's how we're going to do it so anything that's thrown at us will we're not going to get caught up in that okay we are going to start off with the the right place the right things in place that are going to cause that technical debt to be uh at minimum um, and there are a lot of whole bunch of techniques to go into. Scalability is probably a podcast and it's, well, you did something recently. I did, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was very cool. I think way you were on that. So I enjoyed that. Um, and definitely is it's, it's, it's own podcast, but, um, yeah, they, I just look at technical debt as legacy as we know it, um, waiting to happen. 
So, so my filmmaker's imagination tells me that um, a single tech debt would be like a single zombie in the community, whereas uh, legacy system would be like a zombie apocalypse or like the World War Z kind of a scene. You you guys watch World War Z, right? Like starting Brad Pitt, that kind of a scene that the whole world is covered by the infection. But um, but my 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 question slash kind of a uh, interest there is that if we able to break down, let's say we're able to break down the legacy system into a clean list of tech that's bullet points, and each bullet point would have a single definition, the scale, the severity, how much effort we need to fix it. Then, do we consider that uh, some kind of good start? Like, well, let's say using using that word, what's that analogy again? If we were able to have that list, does that mean uh, we are still kind of, uh, we can still cleanse the, the zombie infection or we are still kind of just desperate and will humanity will be lost again? <laughs> hey, um, Ray, I think what I, there's uh, in your scenario, I love that, that that was, I love that creative kind of um, analogy is very cool. Um, yeah, definitely into that stuff. I think uh, another subject for another podcast is the creativity in uh, in technology. But uh, I think uh, in, in the context of putting it in like a, a movie scenario, movie scene, there has to be a force behind that. Uh, yeah, I like the technique and we can look at the technique but what is the driving force behind that uh often it's money okay can we afford to do that can we build can we get us um you know can we do this on the side um it's kind of one thing that i like to do is like we're going to we're going to going to address that technical debt uh we have to do, um, really kind of divide that up because we have our everyday issues that's why we have all that technical debt now we should um, address it with a team get that team or we might have to hire uh, more people so you don't always want to just and we've heard this all before we don't always want to throw money at it yes uh, sometimes that is the force and always readily available obviously yeah yeah i agree yeah definitely yeah i really i the reason i kind of jumped ahead while we we're still talking about way's question i wanted to come back to it i was really interested to hear what else do you think besides technology can cause your legacy? You know, I, I've recently come into a, uh, into a situation where it's not necessarily legacy technology, but a collection of you know, different programming languages, different technologies causing, you know, legacy as a whole, not necessarily that the technology had gone bad or we weren't able to maintain it, but having multiple different technologies in a, in a smaller team, kind of creates this legacy almost for me anyway. So I was just interested to see, you know, absolutely. how else have you seen legacy? I, I, absolutely. I had a, I almost had the exact same same comments there as uh, Cam. I, I think for even large team, like team with hundreds of developers, if we, if a single repository ends up using Java, Kotlin, Scala, just to name a few, at the same time use C++, Python, and Ruby, and it's it's already a red flag because like how how where are you going to have these diversity? Like are you going to have all the developers there sitting in the group because they're going to well they're going to fight each other like Ruby guy going to fight 
against Java guy and Java guy gonna JVM guy gonna fight against himself because because they hate each other. But then but then we we'll look at the build script. The make file is ten thousand lines and uh, it's already confusing by itself and deployment takes hours. So you know it's cascading when you have this kind of mixed like big ball of mud of technology slash programming language. So so for my kind of if, if I start a new project or I jump into a new team who already started project years ago, I think the first thing I will look at is the build script. It's just how how colorful the make file look like. And that can tell me it's almost like a telling sign to 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 show whether this project is a legacy project or not. Yeah, hundred percent agree with you. Fantastic. Another thing yep. to look at too is uh, what the industry is, is doing as a whole. You know, I always find mm. it, it interesting that uh, you know I've watched Microsoft over the years and all all the big players and the small players too. What are they doing? What are the small players coming up with that addresses problems that would be considered legacy today? Um, and the reason why they exist today is because we've had problems with them. That things. You know, those old systems aren't working. So here's a new way to do it. Uh, for example, um, a lighter weight code base. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. Overall example of something yeah. that, you know, that us in the industry, we address these things and we, I watch, I, you know, watch other companies like, well, yeah, I know why they're doing that because that has been, you know, a, a problem, um, you know, uh, for us with ever. And it's cool that, why is it there? Because, well, we've all experienced it and somebody did something about it out of necessity, you know, a classic, um, you know, um, reason. Uh, but uh, it's good to watch. It's good to watch what the industry is doing. Too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Um, and I know, Alan, you made a good point. Um, something you kind of wanted to ask the panel was, what was the risk of continuing on a legacy platform? So, you know, considering weighing the cost of those risks against modernization. Yeah, sure. That's um, sometimes um, it's, it's it can cost a lot of time to really come up with that answer uh, for some companies, especially the larger companies. For the smaller companies, startups, it's a no-brainer. But for the larger companies, that's a difficult one uh, because they have uh, major investment of what the existing systems are now, and you know the the great thing about um okay our cloud aws azure ibm google is that um and i like to <clears throat> um let's say if i were um introducing uh, hey you know what we should definitely be on cloud i would say you really can't build what has been done out of the box you know uh, what cloud has to offer so um that has, I think, helped tremendously in, in making those decisions for, for modernization. Oh, okay, we don't need to buy new equipment. That's great. We, but then again, it still scares some companies that have been around for a while. Well, I don't want my data out there. Um, well, I think your, your data is better off out there unless, you know, there's some kind of regulation that, that blocks exactly. you can't build what they've done already and it's available to you to use. Uh, but um, there's certainly, and I mentioned this before, the risks um, is certain outdated frameworks, um, the waste point before 
uh, the frameworks, especially things get outdated and a lot of security vulnerabilities are um, exist. Now, one of, the, one of the things that I like to say too, is, or just think of it and emphasize, uh, and I've tried to really emphasize this point, is like, well, you need to, we've got, we need to pay now because we could pay a lot more later. And that especially could be true with um, any security risks that a legacy legacy system uh, is has been enduring, but typically won't. So good. So can I follow your 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 idea, Alan? That um, even the legacy platform says that in-house they built upon in-house data center, not using cloud, using really old uh, kind of uh, there's racks of, 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 of machines there. But if the legacy platform is still producing revenue, say it's a, it's a, it's a movie, it's a, the data center of a movie company is still making movie for Netflix, for, for Disney, for any other kind of large publisher, then I think there's a value or there's kind of still relevant to keep that system running instead of uh, tear it down or trying to change it from ground up. You know, I like that. I like that point way. And the great thing, the great thing about that point is that here is something that you just don't, you know, just make one blanket statement and say, we have to replace everything. What you're talking about, and this is, I guess, under the creativity category is that, okay, if you were to, you were to tell me that i would my response would be let's look at what we can keep i'm concerned with security we need to make sure we can do this but we need to make sure we do some upgrading and you know look at the uh, places where maybe we can improve in uh, performance we can um we can we definitely need to make sure we're not vulnerable to security attacks and we may need to do a hybrid supplement these um supplement what is really working well for us with some new technology i see yep so it's like keeping the best part uh while replacing the 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 part that gonna that gonna fall off soon yeah I think, you know, uh, just maybe that's my consulting experience, just being flexible, um, yes. really addressing what, what is, what should be done, what I recommend, and um, uh, for example, or what our team would be recommending versus what the, the client, and, and, and looking at the situation. Good. Yeah, Cam, have you got anything to, to add towards that? I'm sorry, Danny. Uh, um, oh, is that? Uh, I, think of, I think I've got a bit of lag. <laughs> um, Cam, do you have anything to, to, to add towards any of those points? Yeah, I was just going to, um, you know, making sure that what you're planning or what you're replacing, what is there available to actually replace that with as well? Like the, the extreme case being, you know, the US military, um, you know, still buying computers off eBay because they don't exist. You know, how do they build a nuclear launch system with today's technology? You know, it's, it's again, the extreme example, but I think it still comes down to um, the smaller examples as well. What are you going to replace these things with? 
Yeah, totally. Great point. Yeah. Great point. Um, all right, and then just one kind of final final question for you all to finish off with. Um, it kind of goes back to Cam's point before about you know legacy systems becoming legacy because there's just so many kind of tools that you've got and technologies to work with. So you know, is it even that important that legacy systems are long lasting these days? Do they do they have to be long lasting to be cut to become legacy? I know I've kind of touched on it already, but Cam, do you want to kind of give a bit of insight into that one? Yeah, I really like this one. I think it's a great point. Right? Like, who cares if it's legacy? But <laughs> you, 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 it, it, depending on the organization and where it's going and the direction, is it okay to build legacy? I think, you know, there's definitely cases where you're building things and again, being heavily involved in the startup background, you are, you are doing things that as long as they meet you know, tech, the security requirements and regulatory requirements, we know that we're probably going to do something different in a couple of years once we get to that stage. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's really kind of um, de dependent on the situation. Yeah, I think so. I think it's also, it also, I think the answer is yes to, in most cases, I think it's still important that systems should be long, should be designed to to run for years. It shouldn't be designed just to just to make profit uh, for 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 this quarter, maybe for this for this year, but making profit for the next few years, maybe next decade. But we need to be flexible, as Alan kept saying. We need to be flexible, understanding the force, understanding where we can spend money on, going to distribute the resource on the part that is most kind of a I would say low hanging fruit, but probably that's not a not the best word. Like the part that gonna immediately turn turn to revenue, turn to kind of long long term custom relationship, that kind of thing. We're gonna invest on those part, but for the part that gonna improve maybe our our our, our deployment system, our test pipeline, plan, we're gonna do that, but we're gonna have to juggle the priority fairly carefully all the time. Is 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 this kind of like a good? Um, so summary to to this yeah 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 that's, i think exactly great. great okay i mean those are really cool thoughts and i think uh, one of the, the distinction between okay i'm just going to take a startup and an existing company i mentioned this before but a startup should be thinking about okay the future this system well, yeah it, it can last for the next 10, 15, 20 years, and then this is the way we can build it. So if you have that in mind, you're going to kind of, you're, you have that um, an advantage. Things are going to change, and you've been through a lot of change. Well, I certainly have. And uh, then I can take all of, those, all of that into account when, let's say, from the startup perspective. And what I really appreciate, and I've, I've spoken to companies, um, is that they are very legacy, and they're, they, um, they come to a, come to a point where they um, they've reached they understand that you know their systems can't really handle and all the stuff that we've spoken about during this conversation today on the podcast and they're making a renewed effort they're really putting out investing into an effort to you know with that startup mentality okay we're going to do it this way and we're now looking at all of the things we've done wrong so um you know those i appreciate those points and i think that's at least a great great starting point for for both scenarios um 
So sure. Yeah, that's, I that's, really like. Sorry. So the point about like um, you know talent as well. I think it's massive. Um, you know what type of people are you bringing in, and what's available for you to bring in as well. Um, you know, I think Node and and the JavaScript kind of revolution yeah. over the last couple of years has been such a massive thing, especially you know for me. Um, you know, coming into smaller teams instead of hiring all these different you know backgrounds and programming languages, you can really just have one person who can do it all to a certain no. extent. Um, That's true. It's really changed the way you know I've looked at creating systems as well. Yep, totally. You know, I, IBM uh, just came out with something that, um, as soon as you mention the word, you think of legacy. IBM just introduced a new mainframe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what they wow. And then a lot of articles are saying, you know, the first, the first, um, the first word in the paragraph is mainframe with a question mark or explanation point. Explanation point. Uh, but you know what they're doing is they're they're kind of you know let's say that example that you were talking about that talent um, they're doing that with the hardware. Um, they're addressing the, the this mainframe is quantum ready. Okay, so it's good. they're doing kind of cool things with it. Not that I'm going to go out and buy it by that name frame tomorrow. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I just think it's pretty cool. And we do think of our main brains as legacy. So it's, I thought that was really that, interesting. Uh, yeah, they're very interesting. I only wish they, 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 they're not programming COBOL on a mainframe, on a quantum ready <laughs> computer, have have some yeah, better language. After we address that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. There's been some um, some fantastic points made there, gents. I've certainly taken a lot in. Um, just want to see if you guys have got any kind of closing comments or closing remarks that you want to finish up on, or maybe any kind of takeaways that you've that you've had from the session. Well, I uh, my this this was great, uh, Danny, and I uh, really appreciate uh, appreciated way and uh, Cam. Um, as I mentioned before, when I started this, uh, it's a great great company today. Um, and I wish you uh, everyone success. I think um, my perspective in um, with Ormatech Global is that um, I, I'm a I'm a people person. Again, I mentioned that before. Um, I, in the way the way it works is um, you know start with um, just good relationships with everyone, customers, employees. And it, it trickles down to pro productivity. It's a win-win and we have fun. So that's what I'm looking forward to, um, you know, keeping that going uh, with uh, Armatech. Then uh, uh, we're going to ramp up this year in our engineering efforts and product lines. And, um, but I think it's all, it, it's all technology is great, but we should, you know, at least um, you know, when we're working with it on a daily basis, be in good company um, with um, with the uh, people that we're working with. Brilliant. Wave, do you have anything to, to close off on? Oh, absolutely. I think I learned something today. That's really great. And um, yeah, I think I've, I've took some mental notes. I'm going to write them down later. I think I think for 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 myself, the most relevant part is the uh, the the force, understand the force. Because for Web3, uh, believe it or not, the force is mostly undefined, mostly undefined because 
the customer because of the churning of the community, the churning of the customer. And most time we struggle to define the force ourselves. So I think that kind of give give me like a good new idea how to juggle between technical, uh, between tech desk, Lexus system and new technology, new ideas. So yeah, absolutely appreciate it. Yeah, really good conversation and a couple of different kind of perspectives as well. I think probably one of the main ones for me is really that you know, legacy comes in so many different forms and can can be kind of hiding anywhere. And I think it's really important just to not to, to I think reframe it for a lot of people. Legacy isn't always a bad thing, um, and it's just something that we we work towards. And it can be an exciting thing to update legacy as well. I think. Amazing. Yeah, no, that's that was great, Jens. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, you all work for three very unique and very exciting companies. I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens over the next year for you all. So thank you all so much for taking the time and joining me today.